You are more than a mill spouse. But the reality is that for many of us, being a military spouse is a large part of our identity. And the longer that our spouse serves, the more this is true. There's a shared culture and experience, a language, an understanding that comes with being a military spouse. So what happens when your spouse reaches the end of their service? What does that mean for you and for your identity? Well, let's find out on today's show. You, my friend, were made for more. More than the managing of schedules, keeping up with kiddos, and holding down the home front. Welcome to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show, the podcast that empowers you to get unstuck and craft a life with more meaning and less overwhelm. I'm your host, Christine, seasoned military spouse, mom of three, and your guide to designing a life you love and growing a purpose-fueled business as a military spouse. I believe you have something valuable to offer. And when you pursue the things that light your heart on fire, you trade frustration for fulfillment and isolation for a life of impact. It's time to discover who you are meant to be because together we can change the world. Hello, hello friend. Welcome back to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. I often ask What questions do you have? What do you want us to talk about on the show? Because this show is for you. And it's about having those conversations about how to thrive as a military spouse, how we find our purpose, how we live with intention and create a fulfilling life and what resources we need to do this well. So I got a question. What is it like to be a seasoned spouse? What is it like to stay a military spouse for more than 20 years? How does that shape your identity? And then what is it like to lose that piece of yourself, to no longer call yourself a military spouse? What is that transition like after doing it for so many years? I could not answer those questions. And so I ask someone who could. Whether you are brand new to the military lifestyle or whether you are a seasoned spouse or a salty spouse, as Jen says, you are going to love this conversation with Jen McDonald, who I like to refer to as the OG of Military Spouse Podcast. She's been hosting the Mill Spouse Matters Podcast for about five years now. It's the very first military spouse podcast that I ever listened to and it was truly a joy to speak with her. She has so much wisdom and experience to offer from her service of being a military spouse for over 30 years and I love that she continues to pour into this community. Now Before we dive in, I do have one request of you. In this season of giving, in the spirit of giving, would you leave a review of the show on Apple Podcast? It costs nothing but 30 seconds of your time and it has the potential for a big impact. The more reviews we get on the show, the more this podcast gets featured in the Apple Podcast app, and the more it has the potential to make a difference in the lives of military spouses. Plus, 
I absolutely love hearing from you and the greatest gift to me would be to hear from you to get that review before the end of the year. So thank you so much in advance. Our guest today is Jen McDonald. She is an award-winning author and podcaster, the author of the book, You Are Not Alone, Encouragement for the Heart of a Military Spouse, and her newest book, Mill Spouse Matters, Sharing Strength Through Our Stories, which was released in October 2023. She is the host of the Mill Spouse Matters podcast and the Christian Mill Spouse podcast with a mission to strengthen and encourage military spouses. Jen was a military spouse for over 30 years and is a mom to four young adults, including one son serving in the military. After decades of moving with the military, she is now planted in Texas, where one of her happiest roles is being Gigi to her grandbabies. Jen, welcome to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited for our conversation. One of the things I was really excited to talk to you about today is life as a military spouse towards the end of your spouse's service and after leaving military service. Because someone asked me the question, what is it like when (laughs) the title of military spouse is no longer a part of your identity? And since I am not there yet, I really wanted to have this conversation with someone that could speak to that phase of military life. But first, I would love it if you would just share a little bit about your journey as a military spouse. Oh, goodness. Well, my husband served for 31 years in the world's greatest Air Force. Woohoo! You know? (laughs) So I met him at his first assignment. I was 17 years old. So we got married quite young. I think a lot of people back then did. And I was still in nursing school to become a registered nurse. And I really had no concept of what military life meant. I had grown up near an Air Force base, but to me, it was just another job. And I saw a lot of the families where I was from stayed a long time, kind of homesteaded. And I just thought that's an option. So after we got married, I had a brand new job as a registered nurse and we had just moved into a new house we were renting. And he came home and said, I have orders to to move to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. I'm from New Mexico and that's where we were. And I was like, you know... I think maybe just have them circle back like in a year and just maybe that would be better. Like maybe that would be a good time, but not right now. Just tell them not right now. (laughs) And he's like, Jen, that is not how this works. So guess what? We're packing up and moving in two months. And so it was kind of to say it was a shock is, is the understatement of the year because I really didn't know what I didn't know. I just think so many of us are like that. And so I really didn't embrace military spouse life. I certainly didn't bloom where I was planted in the beginning. I was homesick. I wanted to go back to my mom and my family. And there was a decision that we had to make as a couple. And I write about this in, I think, both of my books. There was a moment where he just realized I was so miserable and said, would you like a one-way ticket home? Like he wasn't mad. He was trying to help me. And I feel so bad for him because we were so young. We were in our early 20s and he was trying to help me. And I didn't, I think it was just a wake up call. Like, no, I I do want to make this life with him. And so I stayed and we figured it out and it didn't get better right away. But I learned, I, I wasn't used to having to make friends. I'd grown up in the same place my whole life. So that seems like a different person. That's 30 some years ago. And over the years we moved, I think had 13 assignments 
moved all over the world, raised our kids overseas and back, went through multiple Middle East deployments. We were we saw the military pre 9-11, post 9-11, and all the changes that went with that. And so what it became was just, I, I could never have envisioned good and bad. It, you know, it's not all challenges, of course. There's so many wonderful things about being a military spouse. So it just be kind of comes ingrained in who you are, especially for something that takes up really my whole adult life when it comes down mm-hmm. to it. Because I married while I was in college and then I'm in my 50s now. And so he got out a few years ago, 31 years of service. This is the, that's the world we know. Those are our people. That's who I love and who I still want to continue to serve and help as long as I'm needed. I'm very curious because, I mean, 31 years is a really, (laughs) really long time. What are some of the changes or differences that you have observed in military service and life as a military spouse over the last several decades? That's interesting because I was talking to a friend about this earlier and we were we're both kind of crusty old spouses what I like to call it so you know there's a term seasoned spouse I kind of like yes. salty spouse because you get that way right so I would say of course obviously social media the, the amount of information that's available is so great and it's a two-edged sword because it can also be not a good thing but there's so many ways to connect there's ways to research your base before you get there you can connect with people before you arrive I think the communication is so much better. And I feel like as a young spouse, I kind of floundered and, and you know, I was asking my peers what they thought. Well, they didn't know any better than me. And we were just kind of figuring it out as we went along. So I feel like there's a much better culture of, of communication and talking. I think that's a great thing. The, the other thing I really have noticed, I think when he had been in probably like his third assignment, I thought, you know, maybe I'll go to the spouses club. And it just really wasn't for me. And I think that Nowadays, the combined clubs, I think it's a great idea. Or even if there is an officer spouses club and enlisted spouses clubs, a lot of times they partner and do a lot of things together. There's not quite the separation there used to be because at the end of the day, when your spouse is deployed, you cry the same tears, you have the same sleepless nights, you have the same experiences. And so I think it's so important to just come alongside of each other as military spouses. So I do think that that is something that's changed much for the better from even a couple decades ago. Yeah, I mean, it does make such a difference because as a spouse, you're going through all of the same things and you're struggling with the PCS and with the deployment Mm -hmm. and with the finding meaningful employment. And and that is not dependent on rank or anything. It's just, you know, this is the challenge of being a military spouse. Yeah. Well, and also I think the programs the military has stood up to help with employment and childcare issues, you know, the military spouse education partnership, all those things where you can find help, get your resume done, get leads for jobs. That's all happened. I think spouses today may not realize that's relatively new or even for the Air Force, the key spouse program. I was part of the inaugural program back when that kicked off. I was, you know, we had this huge binder trying to kind of figure out how we were going to communicate. And I was very honored to be part of some of those changes just because of the type of job my husband did and still see the effects today of like, this is so cool that this is something that's continuing to help, you know, Air Force families. Yeah. I mean, we've come such a long way, even in the time that I've been in from my husband's first deployment when we were Mm -hmm. dating and we could talk once a week to the communication that's available now and, and the resources that are available to military spouses that 
nobody even thought about, you know, 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's so good. Now, I'm very curious when we talk about becoming a salty spouse and <laughs> having that like, okay, I'm tired of this. But you didn't just say, like, I can't wait to be done. You said, I'm going to write books for military spouses. <laughs> I'm going to start a podcast. What kind of led you down that path? That's just one of those little things you kind of fall into. I had an idea to write my first book. So my husband retired in 2017. So probably 2014, 2015. So I had been working as a freelance writer for about 20 years at that point. I, you know, that's my job. I, in fact, I work as the content editor for Military by Owner Advertising now. I still write for like military.com and Military Spouse and other non-military magazines. But that was kind of, you know, you have that whole morphing of your career of I'm not a registered nurse. Well, I, I have the license, but I don't work as that anymore, you know, because I went through this morphing of stay-at-home mom, then homeschooling mom, and things I never thought I'd do, piano teacher, and then I'm going to dabble in writing. Okay, well, this is taking off, so now I'm going to take some courses and, like, take a job with the magazine. So all of this kind of, you know. (laughs) Reinventing yourself. (laughs) Yes, definitely reinventing yourself. And so back in 2015, I I was talking to the small publisher, and I just thought, I have this idea. And really, it was going to start out to be kind of a memoir, and because my husband was like, we have so many cool stories, you need to write those down. So I was writing them. Well, at the time, devotionals were kind of a big thing. And my publisher was a Christian publisher. And she said, we really should just break this down and make this into readable pieces of a devotional. And so I did that. And it was published in 2016. And then I actually bought the rights back and republished a second edition in 2022, because it's done so well. So it's one of those things where my son at the time was also going into the military. My daughter-in-law had a lot of questions for me. So many of the things I was writing, I was kind of writing it to her. And I thought, okay, I'll put this book out there and she'll read it. My mom will read it. <laughs> and well, that'll be great. And to my surprise, because I didn't have like a big marketing anything, I it sold like 10,000 copies. It was crazy. I was just so surprised and continues to sell. So that was just one of those things where it kind of took on a life of its own. So after Steve retired, I had already been talking to this other radio show and was doing a spot with them. Well, that kind of fell apart and I had all of this stuff I recorded. And a friend of mine said, just do your own podcast. I was like, well, about what? She goes, you know, just just put it out there, like do 10 episodes or whatever for younger military spouses. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Well, again, it's just one of those things. I think sometimes you put things out in the universe and you just have no idea what's going to happen and they take on a life of their own. And here I am five years later, I, I really did not necessarily think I would still be engaged with the military world. But because of my job, because of my son, I, I still have ties, definitely mm-hmm. dealing with military families every day. So the podcast itself, I get notes from a lot of young spouses. One of the funniest ones was from a spouse in Canada. And she sent me a note and she said, you know, I'm not even American. I don't even understand some of the stuff you're talking about. But my spouse is in the military. My husband's in the military. She said, I listen to your podcast every night while I go to sleep. (laughs) And I told my husband, I said, well, okay. Does that mean I'm boring? (laughs) And he goes, maybe you're just soothing, you know. So it's just that kind of thing where as long as I think it's needed and it's making a difference, I'll keep up. I think every year I kind of evaluate, is this still neat? Is this still something I want to do? And I, this is just such a community that I adore and I never want anybody else to feel 
alone like I did when I was a young spouse. So I think that really is the crux of it right there. That was a very long way to just get to that one point. <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, it's amazing what we go through and what we experience. And and sometimes we don't even understand the value that that brings to other people. But everything we go through is able to help others in some way. And you've really done that, which is awesome. So talk a little bit about being an older military spouse. And what is it like when all of a sudden you realize, hey, everyone around me is way younger than me or, (laughs) you know, has lived a very different life. What was it like to feel like you are an older military spouse? What was it like to make friends? Talk about that season. Well, I th- I think that's funny too, because I would start to drive in the gate on the base and I'd be like, since when did they let 15 year olds be gate guards? I mean, they just look so young, right? <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know that I ever hit that point where I felt like so disconnected because I was doing things like being an advisor for the spouses club or being involved in volunteering. And I was always around all different ages of people. And so I don't know that I ever felt, you know, out of place or anything like that. I think there is a big difference because as my husband got up to the 20 year mark, you're thinking, all right, we're coming to the end. Well, little did I know, but there were still 11 years ahead of us. And that was a decision we made together. But it was one of those things where you go, should we or shouldn't we? And the nice thing is when you do, you kind of had this freedom too. of like, we can just punch out anytime. Like there's, you know, he can get out if he wants to. And I think people start moving, people, you know, people start retiring and you kind of go, well, but I just, I think we just kind of knew because we have a, a shared faith that whatever we felt like God was wanting us to do, that's what we were going to do until that door closed. It was just stay in. And I just tried to do the best I could to make a difference for other military families. I think they keep you young, you know, <laughs> and, and it's a lot of fun. I think the, the military life really can just be such a big adventure. So what was it that really helped you keep the fun in the experience because <laughs> we all know there are lots of challenges and you know the, it it definitely takes a certain perspective to be able to find the adventure to find the fun in in all of the challenges that are being thrown at us so what were some of the things that you and your your family did to really kind of hone in on embracing it as an adventure and trying to find fun in the process Yeah. And we're not always successful at that, of course. You know, it's just, I think one of the biggest things is don't take yourself too seriously. You have to find something to laugh about. There was a time period where we moved every year for six years in a row. Every year we moved, you know, and it was like, okay, we're moving to Hawaii. We're back to DC. Now we're back to Hawaii. Now we're, you know, to Virginia. And I'm just like, blah. (laughs) And you just have to look at it. Like we knew we went to DC. He was going to be there for one year. And so, all right, we were not happy about leaving Hawaii. We had wanted to stay in Hawaii, but now we're in the capital. So there's something new to do. There's, there's no reason to be bored, right? So you find something to do every weekend, put it on the calendar. Everybody got to pick and we knew we got to, you know, like knock this out because we're not going to be here that long. So every weekend was where are we going next? You know, so we really tried to do that. I think also just simple things when we'd move, we had this, my husband and the, our older two had this tradition called wall ball. So once all the furniture was out of the house, they would, you'd hear this sound, they'd be slapping this ball against the wall back and forth and, and they would do it in TLF too. And I'd be like, can you not do that? Cause we have neighbors, you know, but I think it's just trying to find those moments of fun in the middle of this craziness 
and and making the most of it, I guess. It's funny because I've already told my husband, wherever we go next, I'm going to be sad to leave Hawaii because oh, I mean, this is just an amazing place to live. And I'm like, you know, it's nothing about anywhere else. It's just like I'm right. going to be nothing sad compares. whenever we have to leave. <laughs> well, and we had only been there for a year and they sent us sent him to the Pentagon. But we came back to Hawaii for two years, so if that's any comfort at all. And I didn't know that that was going to happen because I was – not happy about I'm like, wait, we were promised two years and you know, we're heading yeah. out after a year. So things just work out. <laughs> I, w- I will hold on to that. Because um, <laughs> I would love to come back. Yeah. I am curious, what it was it like when you started having more and more friends get out and you guys were staying in? Was that a weird thing to watch your friends find a place to like, stay rooted and, and stay in one spot and have that forever home, if you will? Yeah, it was kind of fun to watch from a distance. I don't know that we felt ready for it. So I didn't really envy them. And I think, you know, the longer you're in, the world gets smaller and smaller. And you kind of run across the same people. A lot of times we'd be stationed together with people again, or just people in the type of job he was in, you know, you connect because you have conferences or whatever that you're meeting up with other leadership. And so we would get to see them and, and you become really good friends and then you go to each other's retirements. <laughs> and it, it is sad, but it's kind of like you're really happy for them because you know that's coming too because the end is in sight and military life comes to an end no matter how long you go on. It is going to end. So for us, this is interesting. I started seeing some friends who whose marriages fell apart like either right before or right after retirement. And we're talking people that have married 25, 30 years. And so that was kind of a lesson to us. Okay, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to strengthen our marriage and solidify the foundation we already have? And like take a lesson from that. And of course, there's probably all kinds of other extenuating circumstances. But seeing that also hit home that this can't be the only thing we have in common. You know, going to the Air Force ball is not a date, you know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Military functions aren't date nights. Like there's got to be other ways you connect. And so, you know, we, we learned some hard lessons too from all of that, but it was interesting. And it's, I think when we moved back, we moved back to the San Antonio area. My husband was looking like, where do we have the most friends retired? And I was like, that is not <laughs> how we're making this decision. <laughs> but we kind of did actually. <laughs> so how did you know when it was time to say, okay, we are done, we're ready to settle down? Well, there were no more jobs for him to go into because he had been in for 31 years as a chief. And so he had been at two wings, a numbered Air Force. This is all Air Force talk. And then he had been at two MAGCOMs. He had been at PACAF. And then Air Combat Command was where he retired out of. So he was actually interviewed to be the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. There was like a little pool that they do every time that comes up. And he was not selected. So it was like, He's at the MAGCOM. You can't go any farther. So there's either that job or you're, you're out. So it's kind of made for us. Before that, we were just every, every couple of years, like, what's the next job? What do we want that? Is that something you want to keep doing? Because the last 10 years of his career, he was really gone more than he was home. And I was getting a little tired of that. But I also was getting a little bit used to it, being really independent, kind of just doing my own thing. But we knew... It, it, again, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, God, if this is something you want us to do, all right. I <laughs> I didn't know about that kind of level of responsibility. And we had just also had our first grandchild and he's in the Air Force as well. And so they were stationed in Oklahoma and we were looking to retire back in Texas. And so when this decision was kind of made for us, 
I look back on that time because they they moved from there now. I had a couple of years there where I could just go on the highway and get up there and see my granddaughter over and over for the next couple of years. So I was very happy <laughs> that it was time because I got to go just be Gigi and, and not have to worry. And we would have done that job. We would have loved doing it and, and you know, supporting airmen and families. We would have loved that, but it wasn't his time. So it was okay. So what was that transition like as you were moving out of military life when Really, that's the only life you've ever known. Well, it was really interesting because we had lived on base because of the jobs he had. You know, he was required required to live on base for probably the last 14 years of his career. You get used to that. So the first night we're in our home, I was just, it was really weird. I felt very vulnerable. It's like, I don't have my gate guards. I don't have this sense of community. That was strange. And then it was very odd, too, because I was always one of those people that as soon as we landed somewhere, I'm making friends, I'm getting involved. And I feel like I had some hesitation about that. Like I had (laughs) some major issues with with commitment, even to hanging pictures on the wall. I still have we've been in this house over five years. I still have a part where I'm just like, I still don't know what I want to put there. But you never do that as a military spouse. Right. So it was just all these deep seated <laughs> commitment issues I had no idea I had. And my husband's out there making friends with the neighbors. I'm like, get back in here. And he's like, what? And I said, they're not moving and we're not moving. I don't know that I want to be that close of friends with them <laughs> because if they're weird, <laughs> you, you, know, you know, you're just stuck. moving in a couple of we're years. Stuck. <laughs> so it's like, just, it's so different. And I think I hadn't realized how I would respond to that. It was very odd and very different for me. So it took me I think I had to go through that for a little bit until I realized what I was doing because I'm like, I'm isolating myself and you don't have built-in friends because you land at a base, especially when they're at a senior level and they have the welcome wagon. They're like, you want to go to this? You want to go to that? There's this spouse's thing. There's this spouse's thing. And you have instant friends or even just your neighbors, you know? And so as a civilian, again, it's, it's not that. (laughs) So that's been, that's been something to get used to. But now, uh, you know, on the flip side, there's not, kids running through a shared yard there, you know, I have a fence, (laughs) you know, just little things like that. I'm learning to appreciate. So it's just, it's been interesting. (laughs) Say So, so let's talk about this idea of as much as we talk about trying to find ourselves outside of the role of a military spouse, being a military spouse becomes a part of our identity. So what was that experience like for you to feel like, okay, I'm not technically a military spouse anymore? Mm. Well, I think, I really do think that it just becomes part of you. So I think once you're a military spouse, especially if you've been one for decades, like technically I'm a veteran spouse, but I think that's going to just always be part of who you are. You know, especially having your spouse go off to war zones, having, watching your kids go through things, helping your kids pick up the pieces with every move. It just gets into your bones. It becomes part of who you are. There's just no way it can't. And in fact, I think I wrote this in an article one time, you know, we're we're big into, I am more than a military spouse, which yes, of course we are. That's not all we are. But they'll say, I'm not going to let it define me. It's not going to define me. And I say, well, I, it, it just can't help but define you in certain ways because it's not just a job unless you go live in a cave and say, you know, I'm not going to, military life isn't going to define me, but it does because now you live in a cave. So, you know, I just go, it, it's, it's just, it's not just a job. It's just part of who you are, I think. And for me, 
I think, you know, as like we were talking about before, staying involved in this life, this is not something I ever foresaw, but I think it's so necessary because as a young spouse, you need people that are further down the line and can kind of help you and tell you what to look out for and help troubleshoot and encourage you. So I think if all of those people go away because they're not, quote, a military spouse anymore, we've lost something. And I have a lot of veteran spouses and even divorced spouses on my podcast because I think it's important to hear the good and the bad and hear other people's perspectives and and take some lessons from that. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. <laughs> no, I think it's good because it's it's that conversation that we have about our identity and and trying to find ourselves in this role that, you know, it's sometimes we like to think, oh, that's just my spouse's job. Mm -hmm, And I have mm -hmm. my thing and they have their thing. But it ceases to be that when you start to move all the time and you are literally picking up your life and following them in their career and many times trying to reinvent yourself in the process. And and I meet so many spouses that, that are struggling with like, but who am I? Right. And so as we are trying to find ourselves both inside of life as a military spouse and outside after military life, what have you learned about finding yourself and your identity? Well, I think the biggest thing I would I would say is that, you know, you matter too. The spouse matters to what you want, what your dreams are, what you, your talents, what you would like to do that matters. And I, I had a friend tell me, you know, sometimes you feel like the military member gets a, the get out of jail free card because they're serving our country and nothing you do can compare to that. Like it, it just can't, it's not as important. And that's what we're, we feel like sometimes. And I, I think I have a very supportive spouse who really, was my cheerleader for my writing career even back before I had ever been published. And so I think finding yourself, you have to find what is your passion? How can you make that work? Whether it's freelancing or even realizing that there are seasons of life, there are opportunities I've had now that I could never have envisioned back when I felt like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when my kids are all graduating? What am I going to do when we're no longer in this life? And it's Things just serendipity, it just they just come up and you just have to be open to that and realize, again, you matter too. What you want to do is important and it's okay to pursue those things. Yeah, it's so amazing to me because so many of the opportunities that are available would never have crossed my radar. If I had built the career that I dreamed of, you know, right. before I got married, I I would be somewhere else. But I've talked to so many people who are like, hey, I did that and I really wasn't happy. But when we open ourselves up to the possibility of, okay, yeah. like whatever happens, I'm just going to be open to it. So many amazing doors have been opened when we are in this place we are, where we are open to what's possible. Oh, absolutely. I got to interview Chris Hemsworth once for a writing job. And I was just, you know, things like that. Back when I was a registered nurse, I'm thinking, I want to come up through that and I want to be a charge nurse. And I'm like, I don't know that I would have been as happy <laughs> with just doing that as some of the things I've been blessed to do and all the great people I've gotten to talk to, even on the podcast you know, or coming across at conferences or writers conferences or things like that. I've just, the world is so much bigger than I had envisioned. I think, like you said, you just have no idea. So just be open because maybe what you envisioned, maybe 
there's more for you than that. I love it. So speaking of your writing career, you just released a new book. Tell us about that book. Oh, well, it's called Mill Spouse Matters, Sharing Strength Through Our Stories. And back before Steve retired, we were on a base visit down to Florida at Tyndall Air Force Base. And a friend of ours was the CEO and runs the Air Force Enlisted Village, which is a retirement home for widows of retired service members over the age of 55. And their primary priority is Air Force widows. They also include other service branches and even veterans and some couples. So I was able to visit down there for three days and record some interviews. And initially, I was just going to write a book about them. And then the publisher I'm with said, I think that we need to figure out a way to tie this into current day spouses. So this is a project I started before he retired. Here we are. Things take a while. (laughs) Six years later, it's finally out. I ended up leaving this one publisher and starting with W Brand Publishing, which has been amazing. And they have been an amazing help with that. But what we ended up doing was, you know, she said, you have amazing stories too. And then I have all these interviews of spouses I've recorded with on my podcast. And so what I ended up doing was bringing in stories across the generations, some things that we think have are so different. They're the same. They had the same fears. They were watching their spouses go off to Vietnam and Korea. They were moving across the country. They were moving overseas. And they had so much less communication than us. But at the end of the day, their fears and concerns and even adventures were the same as ours. You know, they talk about getting to visit overseas for the first time and things like that. And then getting to bring in some of the spouses. I think there's a total of 16 different stories from other people. And then quite a lot of my own, which I really wasn't thinking that was what it was going to be about, but they encouraged me to kind of dig deep and get into that. And that ended up being very kind of cathartic (laughs) in a lot of ways. So it's a story across the generations. And even if you're not a military spouse, I think it will inspire hope and perseverance and strength is what my goal is. I love it. So as we wrap up today, what is one piece of advice about this military lifestyle that you really want to leave with military spouses? Well, whether your spouse stays in 5, 10, 20, 30 years, just embrace it because it will be over before you know it. It doesn't seem like it sometimes, especially when you're in the middle of a terrible deployment and everything is going wrong and the washer broke and the baby has croup and then you get sick. No, that's not fun. But push past those times, reach out to your community, get support for yourself. Self-care is not selfish. Take care of you. That's a big, big thing. But then when the opportunities come, because they will, if you keep your eyes open, I have a friend that says blessings come to those who look for them. And I think that's so important. Even in places that maybe you're not excited to be stationed, look around and find something different to do because then you'll have your own stories to tell one day. And you will look back on it with fondness. I do. I do believe. And if you can find like that friend or two to do things with, but I would just say, keep your eyes open, embrace it and enjoy the journey. Yes. I mean, every place that was not somewhere I wanted to go uh, (laughs) and not necessarily a place I would even want to go back to, but I still have amazing memories from those assignments and from the people that I met. It's always the people. Those assignments. Yes, it is absolutely. Some of the worst bases we've been at, we made the best friends. And there's just no community like the military community. There really isn't. No, it it is incredible. And, you know, I, I love to like see my kids and 
now that we live on base and they're just like running around the neighborhoods and like making friends and doing things that in certain places that we have lived off base, I would have never been comfortable with. But because (laughs) it's this community and people that understand this lifestyle, it really does make a difference. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. tell us, how can listeners connect with you? How can we find your books, your podcasts, all the things? Well, first of all, you can just go to my site, jen-mcdonald.com. I'm all over social media as Mill Spouse Matters. And then I also have a Facebook page for my writing, Jen McDonald Writer, I believe is what it is. But you can find most of that just Google, you know, or search for Mill Spouse Matters and you will find it. So I'm on Instagram. I feel like that's where the bulk of my audience engages. And I do some stuff on Facebook. And then my daughter helped me start a TikTok of all things. So <laughs> I get on there very infrequently because like the day you see me dancing and pointing to stuff is, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen, but I'm, I'm just trying to know. connect with spouses where they are and that's where they are. So <laughs> yeah, you can find me there and you can find okay. my books on any bookseller, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, even libraries. So yeah. Awesome. Well, go check out the Mill Spouse Matters podcast. Jen, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I love what you're doing. You matter too. I absolutely love that. And I hope it's a phrase that you will take with you today, that you will remind yourself of, and that you will hold on to when life feels out of balance. There's a lot about military life that's changed over the last 30 years, and there's a lot that's still the same. And what matters more than anything is that you are taking care of yourself and finding the resources, the podcasts, the tools you need to thrive as a military spouse and beyond. So I want to encourage you to go check out Jen's book, Go listen to the Mill Spouse Matters podcast and share this episode with a seasoned spouse in your life because we are better together and together we can change the world. All right, have the best week available to you. I know it can be a lot in this holiday season. I will meet you back here again next week. Until then, may you live filled, fueled, and full of joy. Hey friend, before you go, the Mill Spouse Mastermind community is here to help you thrive as a military spouse. Figure out what lights your heart on fire and equip you to create a life of impact. You can have an incredible impact simply by heading over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. And if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others too. Spread the word by taking a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories so we can continue to reach more people, change more lives, and shift the way that military spouses look at life. Because we are better together, and together we can change the world. Let's do it.